Hello, this is Gabrielle here. So I'm here for another episode of Thrive After 40. And Thrive After 40 is all about trying to get under the skin of what that actually means. And specifically looking at the lifestyle changes that you can make um, that actually help you thrive. And specifically, the themes that we tend to talk about here are nutrition, sleep, exercise, and stress management. And it's also recognizing that we live in a society where there's always a list of, there's always a feeling of pressure. There's a lot of should do's that we should be doing this, we should be doing that. Whilst, you know, whilst during midlife, we actually can find that doing those things and making those changes can actually feel very, very difficult. So we want to look at those things, but with a realistic lens about actually how you do that and what that feels like alongside all the pressures and the hormonal changes, life changes of being a midlife, middle-aged woman. I hate to say middle-aged, maybe one day I'll be okay with it, but <laughs> I can't, I just can't, I'm not there yet. So today I'm joined by my friend, um, Sheila, Sheila Docker, and Sheila is a health and wellness coach and also a neurolinguistic programming practitioner and has worked for the NHS. And um, Sheila and I live at opposite ends of the country and connected recently over Instagram and we've just you know we've just chatted a few times and share a similar philosophy so I wanted to invite her on here today um to talk about some of the things that she's done um around thriving in her second half of her life and how she's changed her nutrition but also to look at it as the lens of someone who is also a coach that helps other people change their lives as well so lovely to have you on Sheila thank you for joining us Thank you, Gabrielle. It's, it's really good to be here. And um, I'd just like to throw in there that uh, not only did we meet on Instagram and got on really, really well, as you say, we've had a couple of soapbox moments where we're, we're sharing our experience and um, for ourselves, but also for our clients. But also the fact that we have a very special man that we both admire very much. And I studied under him and uh, you actually went paddleboarding with him in France. That's Mark Sisson. <laughs> so I think you got the better deal there. But um, <laughs> yeah, incredible guy. And he's inspired a lot of people to make changes with their lives. Absolutely. I, 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 it was just a surreal moment to, to have followed someone for, I think it was probably about 15 years. And I was paddleboarding in, in the south of France. And I just went, is that Mark Sisson? And he's American, Amazing. as we know. And there he was in the south of France. And we ended up having a chat on a paddle, paddleboard in the middle of the sea, you know, so, so absolutely hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the thing that we share is actually caring very much about nutrition exercise sleep and stress and how really fundamental that is to your health your well-being and just the quality of your life actually at, at this stage of our, of our lives so you know good to hear from you you know straight away and just really what motivated you to make those changes you know because I think we all have a we all have a trigger we all have something that makes us sort of wake up and take things seriously Let's, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what your story was. Sure, sure. Yeah, we all have a story, don't we? We all have a story to share, um, which is why we, we are now where we are serving other people and helping them. So I, I dialed into this about 15 years ago. I had transformed my own health 15 years ago after struggling for 30 years with various um, inf inflammatory challenges. So I had body-wide inflammation that had haunted me from decades. So I'd say, actually, Gabrielle, it was probably from when I started work. I didn't go to uni, right. so I was, I was working at 18. And I think then I probably had a more sedentary time and I was eating more rubbish. So um, I, I, can, I can pinpoint it to that time when things started to go wrong. Um, so this, this inf inflammation manifested itself mainly in my gut. And as we know, the gut is like your second brain. So if your gut's not happy, it's going to impact so many other areas of your body. Um, and your, well, your physical and your mental health, actually. So it was my joints. It was my skin. It was my gut. Um, I had constant headaches and migraines I looked pregnant all the time um, it was the bloating um, it affected my mood my hormones my sleep my stress um, and actually my social connections as well because if right. you're feeling all those things you're, you're not really wanting to um, spend time with other people um, I was put on lots of medications over those 30 years and unfortunately I ended up having two 
serious operations, life-changing operations. And that was based on the medication I was taking um, and inflammation overload. So I had my second operation was only 10 years ago, but 15 years ago was when I made the decision that I I needed to um, make some drastic changes because that's when I had my first operation and I needed to actually to take my health into my own hands rather than just every time something's going wrong, I'll go, oh, I'll go to doctors and find out what that is. So, yeah, I was under consultants and nutritionists and all sorts of things. But the, the advice, obviously, at the time I was getting wasn't, wasn't right for me. Um, so I know you don't like saying the word midlife, but I'm now 59. <laughs> so I'm galloping ahead of you. Um, but I'm much more, I'm more than aware that you know, aging brings a long list of physical and mental challenges yes, so yes, like yes. yeah you've got you obviously from your 30s you start getting reduced muscle mass and bone density get lowered libido and this is men and women you know it's, it's all yes, these things absolutely. apply to both of us uh lack of you get lack of sleep and reduced mental clarity uh we have different stress but we still have a lot of stress yeah um plus we've got things like yeah potential health issues like arthritis you know again the gut inflammation and skin and joint problems and metabolic symptoms so for instance things like type 2 diabetes high blood pressure, you know, heart disease. And the majority of these things that I've just described, and there's thousands more, yeah. the majority of them are, are lifestyle diseases. So they are based on what we are doing to our body. So are our lifestyle choices making us sick? Obviously, right. there's other diseases out there that aren't based on our lifestyle choices, and they're really unfortunate. But the majority of the health challenges that we have at the moment and that we live with and we put up with are based on what we're doing to our own bodies. Okay. So in your journey then, you did you just reach a, a point where you just felt like you couldn't put up with it anymore or maybe you lost faith in the fact that it was just about more pills and a, and a revelation for you that you just were able to, there was a different way and that you, rather than having sort of been, having um, put in all your faith and this isn't to criticise doctors or the or the NHS or anything like that but you wanted to take back some control so that it wasn't just about another hospital appointment another hospital appointment another prescription but it was about you taking back control and looking at what you could do oh yeah 100 percent. so like like you I have total respect for the NHS and and the, the doctors and all the other medical um, practitioners I mean gosh let's let's hope we can keep you hold work of it with the NHS don't you so I, think I do work with the NHS as well yeah. and NHS health coach um, as well as my private work so yeah I mean I have total respect for it but it just wasn't working for me and mm. you can see now how there is such a strain on the NHS because I was just totally reliant on other people telling me what to do and what was wrong with right. me rather than taking back control and I think taking back that control is so empowering um it, it, and it and it probably, you know, sorry to cut in there. Um, that's sure. always the trouble, isn't it, with these things? You can never quite get your timing right um, for interrupting. But I think, you know, I, I've got clients who are GPs um, as PT clients, and they recognise that the press, they, they will say the pressure for that. And, I'd, and I do think there is maybe just a lack of awareness just generally or maybe lack of realisation that there is so much that we can do to manage our own health that is really complementary to the things that we can get from a doctor or from the health service it's not an either or is it you know and that's something that my GP friends would would say is that people just want a pill sometimes for things that they can change and I think and this is a this isn't an individual's fault I think there's maybe a problem with society where we really don't always believe the difference that lifestyle interventions can actually make to us and it's, and you know it, it, sometimes we might think well that sounds like a bit a t- bit too much like hard work but if you think about the results <laughs> yeah yes. the positive influence it's going to have on your life and it's sustainable i mean that 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 is the most incredible thing so i so i did make changes i did decide going back to your question the, the fact that um was was there something that there was there was there a, a light bulb moment and i just realized that uh, as you as you also said about the doctors you know i was, I was seeing them and i'm going in and having it, it was almost like a sticking plaster was being put on one symptom and then a sticking plaster yeah. on another rather than going down to the root cause and i just did my research and um literally i found mark sisson <laughs> our man and i started following him and that, that was about 15 years ago so i made some changes to my lifestyle and the majority of it was based on nutrition, but I literally things were things changed overnight. Right. So 
by the end of the first week, I didn't, my wow. stomach was completely flat. I didn't have bloating <laughs> wow. anymore. I didn't have the nasty wind. I didn't have the cramps. Um, and when you think that I had, had had it for 30 years mm. <laughs> and how that had impacted my life, not only um, me personally and my confidence and the rest of it, but how I was as a work colleague in my career and how I was as a mother and family member. And, you know, I still did things in my life. I traveled the world. I had a career, blah, blah, blah. But it's only when I started feeling better that I realized mm. how rubbish I had actually been feeling right. and how that impacted me. So what were those changes then? So let's have a little chat about that in more detail. I mean, that's okay. profound, isn't it? That you have within one week, you have really marked, in, you know, changes. To something. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, say with one, within one week and also my energy and my, my mental clarity went through the roof on that first mm. week as well. Um, yeah, the other things took a little bit longer. And even yeah. now, yeah. you know, 15 years on, even now as a, as a health coach myself and practicing this with my, my own clients, I still, I am still aware of my sensitivities. I'm still aware that, okay, I've got a bit of inflammation going on. So it's obviously me, but mm. yeah, for the 30 years to have struggled with that for such a long time and taken so many different medications and tried so many different alternative things to then have almost like a soothing impact on my mm. body within a week, well, that was, yeah. that was quite phenomenal. So so, yeah, so the biggest changes I had to make, and, um, well, def- like I said earlier, definitely my nutrition. But what we need to realize, and obviously you and I know this, Gabrielle, but it's, it's, uh, 80% of our body composition is based on what we put in it, yeah. 80%. Yeah, so if you put rubbish in, you get rubbish out, of course. But the rest, the other 20%, is our genetics, it's our, the quality of our sleep, it's how much stress we're under, how much movement we do. Um, that They also have an impact, but the majority of your body composition and how you feel is based on the food that you're putting in it Absolutely. Um, so as I said after a week I no longer look pregnant which is always a good thing <laughs> and I yeah. didn't have I didn't have the the awful wind that I had um, but I also I built some strategies in to improve my sleep um, my stress and also for my mindset so I was much kinder on myself also my exercise changed um, so before even when I was exhausted I'd still like try and put an effort in to do something but the the effort I was putting in was so full-on mm. that actually it was exhausting me more and my cortisol levels were rising and it yeah. just wasn't doing me any favors so um, yeah I had that thought in my head the harder I work the better it's going to be for me but that that wasn't yeah. the case it was actually what I needed to do is actually dial it back and actually yeah. focus on, especially as we're getting older. Now I am older mm-hmm. than you, so I can say this, but you know, bone density and muscle mass again, it, you know, strength training is important. And I'm not talking about, you know, being a weightlifter or bodybuilder or anything, but you know, skinny is not sexy, strong is sexy. And as we get older, we need to be strong in order mm-hmm. to be able to do all the things that we want to do moving forward. Absolutely. Um so so I appreciated that it caused more stress on the body. And yeah, I do a lot of walking. Um, I do park run. I'm not really a runner, but I can walk, I can walk for days. But, but yeah, but I've got into running mainly because I've encouraged some of the patients from the type two diabetes workshop I run to say, anybody wants to do park run, I'll do it with you. And then they've got, wow. they're actually addicted to it. So I have to turn up each week now <laughs> to do this park run with them. But it's amazing. They've gone from, you know, walking it in over an hour to actually jogging it slowly so between 30 and 40 minutes which is amazing and they're so there you can just see the glow in their faces and the excitement yeah yeah such um so exciting so exciting to see their confidence grow um so yes i've been doing the park run but also gotta remember that play is important as well so you know we're always beating ourselves i've got to do the exercise gotta do this gotta do that inject some play into your life as well (laughs) or chores yeah yeah we're so busy Um, and that play can be playing a musical instrument, it can be art, it can be um, dance, singing, you, you out cycling, you know, just doing things that bring you pleasure, you know, bring you joy. And if it's with other people, that's fantastic. So it could be, yes, yeah, rounders or, yeah. So does anybody play rounders anymore? I don't know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just don't make sure that if, it's, if, if you're going for the intention of play, that it doesn't become competitive and you don't become sure. too competitive with yourself so that it will draw that away. So they're probably the biggest cha- The changes I made probably will seem quite significant if people know the, the change. But I'm eating, you know, colourful, nutritious, 
satiating foods. I'm never hungry and I, I love my food. So, you know, I don't feel that I'm missing out, especially now that my body feels as good as it does. Yeah. And one of the things that you, you, you know, I know that your driver was your health issues and, you know, and I think, you know, you know, clearly from what you said, you've taken a very, you've taken like a four pronged approach, haven't you? Well, five, if you include the play, which is part of stress management, knowing that sleep's important and part of the equation, because you would have been in your mid forties when the, when this was happening. So, gosh, yeah, that is midlife yeah. as well, isn't it? <laughs> well, it? Well, it is, and, yeah. I, and I just and I just wanted to point that out because I know people listening to this are, are sort of in that age, so it's a quite a big transitional stage of your life when when you know whether you were conscious of it or not, hormones would have been would have been changing. Yeah. Um, and you know things like stress would have had a bearing on on how well you're you know they complement the changes that you would just make to your diet, because quite often we tend to just sort of go straight into the idea of changing your diet. And whilst you're right, and I fully agree with you that it is eighty percent, you really have to dial in the other things for that to work as well. Because you could have a great diet, be stressed to you, stressed out of your mind, and you're not going to sleep well. It's going to be torture to stick to that diet because you'd be fighting cravings and all the rest of it. So, you know, you, one of the things that you said, um, I can't remember if you said it now, but I know when we had a chat before that you did, we talked about the idea of changing your diet versus going on a diet. And I think that's really interesting because I think that's, you know, what we'll, we'll, we both have, we both work with clients. Okay. And one of the things that I find is the driver is very often about weight loss um first primarily versus other game other goals may as, as more energy or maybe improving a improving a health condition or reducing the chances of getting something what's your experience of that you know what are the, what are the things that people what what are the things that sort of are the drivers for people and also do you see that that changes once they get started <laughs> uh, yes for the last bit and so Yes, the majority of people come to me because they want to lose weight. Right. But then you have to dig deeper and go, okay, so what else is going on? And you actually find there is an awful lot of it. Their confidence has gone. Their libido is low. They're under a lot of stress. They've got got low in energy. And actually, once you start working with them and covering those those pillars that we just discussed – and they say, okay, goodness me, actually, my, my energy is through the roof. Um, the weight doesn't even matter anymore so much because I'm enjoying myself. I feel so um, empowered. I feel confident. I feel, um, yeah, like I, I could do anything really. And they're, they're sleeping better. And they actually, their body composition is changing. So they might not be losing weight, but actually their body is changing because of the lifestyle changes that they, they're making. So, um, so just want to clarify, just in case people don't know that body composition is really where your overall weight and your size it might be very similar, but you're getting muscle and losing fat and probably developing a better shape, more defined yeah. muscles, you know, losing that. Skin. And your posture as well. Posture, your posture changes because, yeah, you because you are doing those exercises and um but even even when you're confident, your confidence grows. You you hold yourself differently, Absolutely. don't you? Yes, very much. Um, so yeah, so so the focus generally is on weight. But then when you look into okay, so what are you wanting to get out of this? Yeah, what are what are your your goals? I mean, I had a gentleman say to me recently, he wants to go back to doing ice climbing. So I yeah, yeah, we worked on his cool. upper body. You know, he, was, he started going back to the. I know, yeah, I know. That's so well, you can relate. You can relate yeah. to that with your outdoorsy type of um, <laughs> activities that you do. But yeah, he he wanted to build himself up again and get his confidence mm. back. And actually, you know, he was the sort of person you would see walking down the street, and you'd think, well, there's a there's a very confident man. You know, he's mm. sort of like a captain of industry type. But actually, because he was not feeling good in himself, because um, actually he was starting having issues with his gut and his sleep, and and then he had certain lifestyle habits that weren't uh, complementary to him feeling good. Um, and so, yeah, so even though he came to me about weight, it was actually so much more than that. Yes. And was, and, and because I've experienced this before, like most people who, who come to me, the sort of starting point is they want to lose weight. And then 
quite often they don't. That's why I wrote the book mm. that I wrote because people wanted to lose weight, but they didn't. And there were lots of reasons why they, they struggled. And, that, and I think that's interesting. But one of the reasons that people don't is they suddenly find that they're not that bothered. <laughs> they're not that bothered anymore because they've got more energy or they feel strong and they actually enjoy that. And they're not so bothered about the weight. So what, why do you think it is that we have this fixation with weight Hmm. And I, but I think that we, and, and this is sort of my experience, we just see the weight, and we forget to look at the other things. Would you agree with that? Or why do you think that's the case? Well, as we, as we know, with, with it, whether you're a man or a woman, um, as we get older, we, we do, you know, and the metabolism slows down, other things happen. Um, obviously, hormonal challenges for both sexes um, in, mean that we, we do put on that weight. Um, why are we fixated upon it? Well, it's, it's, it's it. we're surrounded by, aren't we? Social media, um, we're comparing ourselves to other mm. people um, and, and we're forgetting what we are all about. So, um, you know, social media, if we're going to cover that, I think it's, um, I, I have problems switching off from it at times. You know, I've got yeah, to scroll yeah. through it. But, you know, we are looking at images of people that have actually posed for that particular photograph. So if they're on holiday looking fantastic, they've actually posed that photograph. You haven't seen the screaming kids or the argument with the husband or the fact that the hotel room wasn't ready when they turned up and they were downgraded, et cetera, et cetera. They, you know, they want to put on the best show. So we're comparing ourselves with that. And, you know, comparison is the thief of all joy. And what we need to do, yeah. yeah, what we need to do is go back to looking at ourselves. I think we might jump ahead here slightly, but this is this is so important yeah. to me. Looking at ourselves and remind ourselves we are all beautiful. We we are all different. Um, we have the foundation of where we are at the moment, and so how do we make ourselves be the very best version of ourselves, not somebody else, but of ourselves? Mm. So, I mentioned to you in one of our calls recently that. Um, yeah, one of my, well, she's she's a client. She's she's become a friend as well. But she's she's statuesque. She's I think she's an incredible, incredible woman. But she goes, look at look at you with your long thin legs. And I went, well, look at you with your boobs and your hips and your your small waist. Yeah, we are all beautiful. We are all different, and our bodies are so incredible and so want to look after us and our minds as well. Mm. But if we don't respect them and we don't look after them, then they they're not going to be able to serve us well serve as well going forward yeah so and and also thinness isn't a guarantee of happiness either is it I I had a client Mm. and she would certainly and she again she wanted to lose weight that was her primary thing and as as we we did like weekly calls for three months and over that time we even very quickly within a few weeks we didn't even talk about weight anymore and we talked about how much how much energy she had all the things that we're talking about and and towards the end of the the you know the three months it it really was her life had changed for many many things yes she was slimmer and was fitting into different size clothes but we barely touched on it because everything it made such a massive change in everything else and she was still she was still um a curvy lady big bust and all the rest of it and she by chance had gone to a spa day with a friend of hers who was a very tall thin lady with if you know you'd look at her and the figure that she would die for a big runner and everything and she said she was miserable all the way through so she was they were sat there in the swimwear she'd looked forward to this day of, of being sat by a by a pool all day just chilling out away from the family away from the jobs and she was sat there with a much thinner friend who just was completely self uh, completely self confident um self-conscious oh. wrong way <laughs> couldn't couldn't get there it's completely self-conscious really calling herself clearly hating her body and she said it was absolutely tragic she said and I was just sat there I felt fantastic and I just loved myself and I just realized in that moment that being a size 10 or 8 or whatever she was didn't make any difference because here she Bravo. was that, and so unhappy with herself and she said it was miserable and it was an absolute pivotal moment for her in her journey so that that sort of ideal figure that you hold in your mind that you might have been when you were you know, I was going to say 15 or 16, because sometimes you can go back to a time of your life when you're probably not even fully grown or fully developed and see that yeah. as your ideal weight. And you haven't you haven't lived, have you? And you haven't yeah. delivered babies and, and all, all the other I've things all, that come. I've done all those things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's interesting what you're just saying, though, that uh, that's why I went bravo, because actually that's what we should attain, uh, attain to. Is that the right word? That's what we should be aiming towards is being yeah. 
confident in ourselves and loving ourselves as I know it's difficult to stand in front of the mirror and go Sheila I love you you know but having having that feeling of just being okay with yourself is yeah. so much more important um, especially yeah. like you saying you're looking at somebody else who looks like they should be happy and that and they're not um and I can imagine the body language between between those two if we were sat there watching them now you probably have a very thin person hunched over and hiding herself with her arms folded looking miserable mm. and thin and then you've got this curvy lady sat there looking like a film star sat there all confident and smiley and with great body you know great posture and feeling great and you would you would see that as more attractive wouldn't you because that that's you would and actually radiates from you yeah we are we are we are very mean to ourselves and yeah, you know, what people see on the outside is very different to how we can be feeling at times. Yes. So, you know, if you're someone that's got a natural glow about you or a beautiful smile or, you know, your eyes twinkle, you know, that's what gets noticed, not whether you're carrying a few extra pounds or even stone. It's yes. how you're interacting with people. It's your personality. It's um, how you make other people feel. Mm, absolutely. You know, yeah. that's yeah. that's a gift in itself, isn't it? it? Is. I just wanted to say, say something there, actually, that... Um, yeah, because I, I am self-conscious about certain things, um, and they probably go back to my teenage years as well. But um, I, I, I use this quote a lot. I mean, it's my own quote, but I use this when I'm doing presentations and workshops and um, in some of my social media because it is a bit cheeky. But I say I feel, bearing in mind those 30 years that I mm. went through of not feeling well, I feel stronger, fitter, healthier, more confident, and dare I say it, sexier, at nearly 60 than right. I did in my yeah. 30s and 40s. And it does, I'm not saying I am sexy. I just say I feel it. And the reason I feel sexy is more about I am more body confident, but more importantly, I'm more confident in what my body can do for me. Mm. And that's that's incredible, isn't it? To be practically 60 and feeling like that oh, is amazing. Can we not just say it? 59? <laughs> but, but, it's, yeah, but it, it is. But it, you know, it's but it's it's key, isn't it? You know, and mm-hmm. you know, people can't see you because we've not recorded for this. But, but you glow. You're absolutely glowing. I, well, Thank you. We talked about that. I wouldn't ever have even put you anywhere near that age. And not that it matters because you are what we're all. As I say, we're, we're all different. But it's very much your energy and your drive and your enthusiasm. It just radiates through. Thank you. Doing. And, and age becomes irrelevant then, doesn't it? You know, you it does. Just, it becomes something to laugh at. You're just maintaining this vibrant energy and lifestyle that means that you're not making any compromises with your life just because you've got another candle on your cake, you know. <laughs> no, that's, that's very true. On with where you are. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I want to talk about, so we can, I mean, I think what, what we've gone around the house a little bit in a, in a, in a, in a, in a very good way, I think that, you know, the, the net effect of some of the changes that you've made have clearly absolutely transformed your your life you know not just your health your energy levels probably your attitude to aging and what is or isn't on the cards for for someone regardless of their age um but something that you know people want to just sort of just talk about this for people who probably feel like they want to make these changes but are struggling because certainly at that sort of middle stage of your life you can be very stressed you can feel very overwhelmed you know I see a lot of a lot of people who who come in to do training with me and their lives are so full-on and they would love to you know be doing all the things that we're talking about and feeling what we feel what we're talking about here but just really can't actually break through the overwhelm the stress the exhaustion and almost the pressure to do all these things that they inverted commas should be doing is just another source of stress for them because they can't do it and you know where how do we support people you know what could we talk about now what sort of advice or information can we give to people in that mindset now that's actually going to help them start that journey that's really that's yeah that's really interesting because um because we have been there ourselves but i'm So just going back to how I was feeling at that time, and also I I went perimenopause at 40 as well. So I kick-started that early, which um, was a bit bit of a shock. Um, But at that time, I felt that I was just surviving. Mm, Right. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that, where you literally feel that you're walking through fog. And we have so many 
um, like you just said, so many different responsibilities, but I was not performing at work to the best of my ability. I know that now. Um, I was missing out on social events. And like I said earlier, more importantly, I don't think I was, I, I wasn't always present for my kids. I was a brilliant mother, but uh, my kids have, yeah, they're, they're adults now. But, um, you know, I wasn't always able to go to things because I was lying on my bed feeling right, rubbish. Right. Um, or if I did go along, I wasn't necessarily there in my head. But um, for many of us now are going to be in that sandwich generation where we have kids and we have elderly parents. So on both sides, even though my kids are adults now, you know, I still care for them. I still want the best for them. And um, so I still worry about them. Um, and so not only do we have with in the sandwich, but we also have work, we have our house, we have finances, we have our, uh, yeah, so many other things going yeah. on as well that are still pulling us. Yeah. Um, and even when you think your kids have gone off to university, you've still got an awful lot of stuff going on, <laughs> yeah, still being pulled in all directions. <laughs> However, I mean, people go, oh, well, it's a bit selfish to be looking after myself. No, it's not. It's actually mm. selfless to be putting yourself first. Because if you want to be at your best and doing all those things for all those other people, you need to put yourself first because they won't be getting the best out of you either. Um, so by putting yourself first, I know I've gone off on a tangent here, but we've been doing that a lot today, which yeah. is great. Um, everyone will benefit from you being strong, happy, healthier, more confident. Um, you're more energized, and so you can actually do more. But with regards to what can we do, um, and it can be overwhelming making these changes, especially when you know, we get these quick fix diets and, um, you know, promises mm. that, you know, for five pounds, you can do this yeah. or whatever, you know, it's, um, you know, what we, you and I are talking about, it's not a diet. It's about changing your diet. It's mm. about changing your lifestyle habits. Um, and by doing this, it's um, sustainable. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not that. Yeah, some of them are quite significant changes because if you're going to if you're addicted to processed foods then you're going to find that tough to give them up but when you have gone through that process you're going to be absolutely thrilled and won't want to go back because you know how it makes you feel um but i would say take baby steps just appreciate yeah. that yeah. these changes are for, for life mm. hopefully um yeah. well they are so go you go backwards, you go back to feeling how you, how you felt before. Exactly. And, and I think yeah. you get, you get there quicker, don't you? So I think the first thing then is, is the first step in a sense is, is having that mindset change and actually realizing that you do have to start putting yourself first. And that almost comes from that, doesn't it? And I think once you realize that that's the only way, then I think that gives you the agency to actually then take to start to maybe, let go of a few things because yeah. that's something I think we all have to be prepared to do if we want to make changes. And one of the things that I often, you know, I know, I know you work with men and women. I tend to work with women and we want to do more. We want to add something into what we're already doing. We want to work out two nights a week instead of going home and having a rest. We want to overhaul our diets while we're still cooking for our kids and our husbands and, and making, running a house like it's a cafe. And, you want to add on you don't realize that you actually have maybe have to sit back and let them make their own tea while you make your own tea or you know walk away from the housework or search you know and let someone else do it rather than trying to do that and a workout you've got to be able to make some space for yourself haven't you be kind for yourself and that comes by saying learning to say no and and stopping you know you 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 talked about baby steps and I, and I think sometimes that's that's a this isn't this conversation isn't to push coaching necessarily but I think that's something that works very well when you work with a, a coach or a PT is somebody else can see through see the wood for the trees and can find mm -hmm. you the sort of quick easy win that's going to get you the biggest bang for your book because someone else has that helicopter view can look outside everything and find that mm -hmm. find that small thing um because it is about taking things small and taking small steps so yeah this is why I want to talk a little bit about perfections because I think again women often and and I'm sure men um we decide that we've made that change we've what it's really important to overhaul our lives and we sort of dive in and we want to make these changes and it's very tempting to get all enthusiastic at the beginning and to be really motivated and go for this real all or nothing approach which then becomes too much and we very quickly struggle so how what's let's talk about perfection okay you know we, we, <laughs> so you're a coach. And, and who, who, who's deciding what perfection is <laughs> well there you go 
perfection. It's, it's different for everybody, isn't it? Well, um, maybe we can agree on the idea that perfection doesn't exist, or at very least, it's just unrealistic for probably ninety nine point nine percent of the population to achieve. It, again, it depends what we're saying perfection is. And yeah. again, if we if we go back to what we were saying earlier about you know this is the foundation, this is where we are now. What what why do we want to make the changes? Hmm. What goals have we got? How do we think it's going to feel if we do make those changes? And what yeah. if we don't make those changes? Yeah. You know, then then we can talk about perfection and what's perfect for you. What do you want to work towards? But yeah, perfection, I don't like that word anyway. But um, yeah. Because let's talk about diet. Let's make it easy then uh, and just talk about something in particular. So very often there's pressure to sort of feel that let's, you know, let's, let's say we've got gone through the idea of going on a diet and we're talking about changing our diet and we know that we might want to cut out processed food and cut out alcohol and we know that sugar's bad for us. So we have four or five days and we have lots of salad and healthy food and then weekend happens. <laughs> I, had, I had a client this morning, actually, uh, a man who had gone to a party at the weekend or a barbecue with his bottle of non-alcoholic beer and it was forcibly taken from him and he was forcibly given and made to drink by by friends who were just insistent that he would join in and he just wanted wow. a weekend off the drink just to relax and recharge his batteries and under that pressure now he was very pragmatic about it and he didn't you know but I know that people can feel under that pressure a lot drink a lot more than they want to, then end up making different choices with the food or having a meal, dessert and feeling under peer pressure. What, you know, you're a coach, how do you cope with those sorts of things? You know, because life happens, doesn't it? Uh, life throws rubbish at you, doesn't it? And actually, bravo, I like the word bravo today, to that, <laughs> that client of yours for actually going prepared, even though it didn't work <laughs> yeah. out. Because, yeah. you know, quite often, if we don't go prepared, there's no choice. Um, so what would I say? Well... Like like my clients and like everybody else, I'm human. I also make mistakes. I also you know make bad calls with regards to what I'm eating and drinking. But what I say to them is um, that if you do make a bad choice, make it a really good quality bad choice. Mm. So for instance, if um, I'm going to I like I like a red wine. So if I'm going to have a glass of red wine, I'm going to go for my favourite, rich really tasty beautiful smelling red wine that I know I really enjoy rather than just buying a cheap glass of wine because I just want that glass of wine and actually it's vinegary and I, I don't really like it so if you're going to make a choice that isn't something that you you've been doing for a while I want to not put the word bad choice in there really um, whether it's chocolate red wine or some bread or pastry or something like that just be mindful about how much you want it how it tastes are you enjoying it? And how does it make you feel? So does it make you feel bloated? Does it give you a headache? Is it, does it impact your sleep? Um, and then just get back on the horse. Yeah, don't beat yourself up about it and start going, I failed. So now I'm just going to go back to how I was because I've, I've ruined it. You haven't. You've had, you've had a blip. Then just get back on it and mm. recognize how it made you feel. Mm. And just be, yeah, just be mindful about your choices. Absolutely. And one of the things that sort of I like to talk to, to people about is the idea that we're all adults, you know, you know, we can say in, in you know, the data or the science suggests that eating this or not eating this has, you know, changes your health outcomes one way or another. But at the end of the day, we or, or makes you lose weight, for example. But at the end of the day, if we, you know, you know, we could say, um, I have people who come to me and say, I'm, I'm, I want to lose weight. Don't tell me not to drink wine at the weekends because I will. Yeah. And I say, well, you're a woman. <laughs> you're 50. You can make your own bloody mind up if you want you're to. You're grown up. And, that, and, you know, you, you can go into, you can set your own boundaries, basically, and you can decide what is a type of, a way of life that's going to work for you, which is a mixture of, Comprom well, you know, well-educated compromises because, you know, we, we, alcohol can be something that's a real social lubricant. And if you've got a very active and vibrant social life and you enjoy having a glass of wine and that you know that you're just not going to give up, then I think sometimes that's worth being absolutely realistic about and saying that's in, that's important. Uh, but, and, but then if you want to make changes, say, to, to your weight or your sleep or your stress levels, you've then got to be prepared to say, well, I won't compromise on this, but I will compromise on that because we've got to find a balance that works for us with our own values and our own preferences that allow us to 
sort of liver life sort of somewhere down the middle that gets us to healthier or a better body composition but is also something that means we don't have to feel like we're we're nuns living in a convent and and the joy is completely Mm. stripped out of our lives um and I think sometimes we don't always think as obvious and as simple as that sounds we don't always think about that because we're always fighting this idea of perfection falling off the bandwagon beating ourselves up and going backwards and forwards between the two and never realizing or never recognizing the fact there's a line in the middle somewhere that all of us will have our own unique path you know you and I would be somewhere in the middle of that won't we and what's worth it for you might not be worth it for me and vice versa and we it's about us finding our way through our direction through that so we stay in the middle of those extremes and we we feel good about it and we're having a having a nice time I like that yeah <laughs> and we are we are also very very different like so for instance you you cycle up mountains i i walk for hundreds of miles you know we yes. do different things you know i play a musical instrument i don't know whether you do but it's about finding do you well well i played the flute when i was young but i haven't i probably couldn't remember how to do uh, it now <laughs> oh, that, actually, it's good to say that say this story though. this is about you know social connection and um looking for things outside of you know your own self-confidence etc i got talking to a chap on a plane a couple of years ago and um i was flying to spain it was when we were all masked up still so it's obviously still in um so a year and a half ago but um i got talking to him he'd retired he was in lockdown i said oh you're bored you know what, what are you doing he goes oh i started learning the saxophone i suddenly remembered like you i played the flute when i was a child and mm. um, i was even in a orchestra in our local right. town and gosh i haven't picked it up for 40 years so i got home i got it out it had perished a bit it's a bit like our bodies if we don't use them <laughs> it's a good analogy isn't it good analogy um anyway i started i I thought I'd probably give it a go, and I'm t- I'm taking grade five again now. Brilliant. So, so um, but it's it's really if anybody gets goes back to play, yes. If if you yeah. want a bit of mindfulness, so what I get from playing the flute is that mindfulness because you can't read the music, blow the flute, and do the fingers mm. and be thinking about something else. Yeah. So it's a really good way Absolutely. of switching off, getting rid of the baggage from the day. Um, I mean that was a total swerve ball, wasn't it? Well, but it, but I think what it what it brings me towards is the idea of knowing yourself and I think that's something that I feel that this stage of your life when you're you know you still you said you sort of about that idea of being in the sandwich generation but you are at an age where you can actually start to back off from things and find some time and then start to get to know yourself again and try and sort of let go of the things that you don't enjoy doing and or, or don't need to do anymore you know and start to make some space to find the things that you do enjoy and that's and it can be a very exciting time absolutely and and I think that's what that idea of thriving after 40 Mm. is all about it's a time where you start to look at well what can you change that makes you feel good about yourself and then what things are you you know going to be why are you even doing that you know you want to be you want to have a great life you want to be strong so you can have adventures you don't want to be stressed you want to sort of take out responsibility and the heavy things and that feeling of striving all the time for things that bring you joy which is blowing a flute for an hour you know and that's you know that's that's what you're trading isn't it so very slowly with these small steps you sort of change things about your lifestyle that's going to make you feel better have more energy feel more capable free your mind up and be just less stressful and that's where yeah. that, that whole package starts to fit and like, in and like you just said it's, it's about making those sustainable lifestyle changes rather than the short fix and, and re- recognizing it's not a race yes you know this yes. is for the rest of your life and I think that's a good thing to sort of think about as we sort of wrap up in wrap wrapping up here and and because I often say to people let's play the long game you know, we've yeah. we've all fallen to, to those lose a stone in a, in a month, or you know that tends to be the the sorts of things that come with lifestyle changes. That it's a very short, unrealistic, sharp shock of a change yeah. to to get one thing. Whereas I think it takes time to figure out what's right for you, what works for you. You know, we we talked a little bit about about diet earlier on, and, and you and I have got different. Uh, approaches to what to what we eat but we take that based on what makes us feel good and you're not in a one-size-fits-all situation 
and I think this is the age where we can start to realize that you know you you don't want to cycle I'm not bothered about running anymore so we we're, we're sort of find, <laughs> but we're finding our own we're finding our own grooves yeah. with the the things that make us happy to do from an activity point of view and a hobbies and also the things that work well for us from a from a diet and nutrition point of view that make us feel great because metabolically we are all individual and particularly for women, as we sort of go through and sort of come out the other side of menopause, our bodies are actually different to what they were before in, in terms of how they function. So what might work for us now might not have worked for us when we were younger. And this is a journey, isn't it, to actually start to try a few little things, see how they make us feel, and then start to add, add, that, add to that and refine it over time to enjoy that process rather than feel that we have to change everything overnight and, and have this yeah, perfect yeah. one-size-fits-all approach that doesn't exist be kind be kind to yourselves yeah. um yes don't stop beating yourself up yeah and I, and I wasn't going to mention that actually this but because we, we did talk a little bit about our different different approaches to diet and I think it's probably worth saying that now in the sense that we do have quite different ideas about what we feel good what makes us feel good and I think Mm. people should maybe be aware of that that we've both come from similar backgrounds in terms of the things that have influenced us and we've used to educate ourselves to be in the spheres that we're in now but we've been able to take a different we've been able to apply that differently because we're different people and that's what anybody should any woman or man who's going thinking about this journey and should know now that you just want to find your own path to feeling amazing and what that is but you're always still around those pillars aren't you the sleep the nutrition the stress the exercise or the stress management I should say and the play and just finding the things that work for you and enjoy that. Oh, absolutely and actually one of the things we did discuss um as well about because we both said that, yeah, we obviously do do something quite similar, but also we do it differently at times. And that's because of our own body compositions and our, yeah. you know, our own bodies and how we work. But the main message is, is cut out the rubbish, yeah. cut out the ultra yeah. processed foods and take it. It's about taking it back to basics. Mm. Um, and, you know, our, my grandparents wouldn't necessarily have had an easier life. They had other things going on, like yeah. wars and, and things like that. <laughs> Um, and they didn't have access to a lot of the things that we have now, but they had a simpler lifestyle. So my grandfather, he had an allotment initially, and then he used his back garden to grow his own vegetables. They would have queued at the butchers and got local meat. And we are bombarded with 24-7 availability of processed food, which can be delivered to your door now. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't even need to go to McDonald's to get it. They'll bring it to you. Um, But also, you know, foods are flown from across the world. So everyone's going on about global warming. Well, try where you can. Keep it local and seasonal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I love my blueberries. But, you know, right now they're they're coming from Morocco. So, Mm. yeah, (laughs) which isn't great. But, um, yes, where you can, just keep it simple. And if you think about that in relation when you go shopping, your things that are in the boxes or wrapped up in plastic, look at the ingredients. And if there's more than five ingredients, that's ultra processed. Or if you can't pronounce the ingredients or whatever. Yeah, and it it, it is just going back to basics, isn't it? Moving, getting good sleep, taking even just taking time away from your phone, your computer, your social media is going to be a huge have a huge impact on your stress and your mental health you know you're, you talk about our parents and grandparents they weren't glued to a phone 24 7 or they weren't feeling the pressure to be online or on call for the office whatever the job they were 24 7 just because no, exactly. emails on the phone yeah so, yeah you know, it's um it's a, it's a very different world that we live in now and it sort of gradually crept up on us and we've all become used to it but it's a lot more complicated and it's veering us towards making choices that are more or influenced by companies that want to make money out of us, not keep us healthy. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Forget any conspiracy theories, that is actually the case. Well, I'll tell you a story, and, and I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, but years ago, I, my, my business before I was in this, I worked in advertising agencies. And I was sat with somebody who worked for um, a big, well-known supermarket in the UK. And he was a marketing director and he was very proud to tell me about this, this technology they'd brought and they could track people as they walked around the store and they knew what they picked up and they knew what combination of things that they bought. And one of their successful initiatives from this data was to target um, new fathers because they realized that new fathers had been sent in 
at the, um, late on at night by their mothers who couldn't leave the house because they probably had a baby stuck to the boob because they'd run out of nappies. So they put beer next to the nappies, knowing that oh, the fathers... Oh, oh, oh. The father's coming out in the evening after a stressful day, going to buy nappies and would pick up beer, and they did. And that was wow. an initiative that they actually did to increase the basket size from that demographic. And Goodness that's me. the way that, and this was, I'm going back probably about 20 years on this now, and there'll be even more sophisticated ways of actually targeting people now with all the data and the social media that we have to, to try and have a huge influence on our on our shopping baskets and what we buy in. So if your husband ever came back from <laughs> bringing nappies with a <laughs> with a four pack of beer, there you that's, go. Why, that's why it wasn't his fault. Someone understood his emotional state and uh, he'd and, been and targeted made a, and made a play for it as well. So um, <laughs> let's. So just before we finish, um, Sheila, I think it would be lovely if people just knew a little bit more about you and. The, the work that you do and where to find you if they were interested in, in sort of looking at some of your stuff or speaking to you um, with a view to working with you. So just give give us a little bit of a background and then just okay. um, tell people where they can find you and I'll make sure I put links into your sites and social Lovely. media or wherever um, in the thank in the you thank you this as well. I appreciate it. So yes, again, I'm, I'm Sheila Docker and I have a coaching business called The Primal Zone. I work with midlifers, men and women, um, or do actually work with quite a lot of men at the moment, um, helping them with the overwhelm of the lifestyle choices that they've made that are making them sick and getting their vibrancy and uh, strength and uh, energy back, as well as better health. Um, I also work with organisations, doing workshops. I am a member of the Public Health Collaboration, and through that charity, I run type 2 diabetes workshops and pre-diabetes workshops with surgeries Um, and I'm also an NHS health coach Um, and that's been working with uh, patients that have been referred for health coaching by the the doctors of the surgeries which is really good to hear yes actually that there are doctors now doing that that um, rather than putting them on the meds yes get them to have some health coaching because quite often it is well, actually, I've had some of the, some of the patients. They're just lonely. Mm. <laughs> Lockdown impacted them massively, yeah. and and yeah. that's you know that in turn has impacted their weight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, yeah, so I do a, a wide gamut of things, working with different people, serving different people. Absolutely love it. And you know, when people have said to me, "Well, weren't weren't you really angry about those thirty years?" Like, well, no, because actually, yes. I'm doing what I'm doing now. Yes. I learned yes. from it. I can use my story to. Uh, have empathy for others even if it's not exactly the same story absolutely yes that makes a huge so where where you can contact me i um it's the primalzone.com is my website i'm pretty active on linkedin as sheila docker um on facebook and on instagram as the 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 primal zone on instagram i'm mostly i'm mostly active on um, linkedin to be fair but i do go across on which is which is good because that's how i met gabrielle yeah (laughs) yeah that's where we ended up didn't it brilliant mm. well i will put links to all of those um in the in the text as part of this thank you and thank you very much for your time today sheila and i'm sure oh, it's been fabulous we'll be able we've got plenty of material left to have another session haven't we excellent yes all we right. do all right take care